Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast returning to the show. You all know him. Mr. Peter McCormack, who was kind enough to give up lots of time because we had so many technical issues on my side. We had to redo pretty much the whole thing. We had half a show recorded. And oh my God, it just, um, it all went a bit south on us. So he gave up another Sunday morning. We had some coffee together and we just chewed the shit. And I'm a big uh, fan of Peter's show was always a fan and he helped me down the rabbit hole and it's just great that he came on the show very early in my own journey of to podcasting to to help support it and put me in touch with a few other people alex gladstein in particular so thanks for coming on again mate stick with this the first five to six minutes chatting with lauren the audio on peter's side is a bit bad i did a restart but the rest of the show should be fine so you know Bear with it, please. It's worth it. Before we get into the show, you know I'm going to shield CoinFloor. They're a Bitcoin-only exchange in the UK. You know I'm going to shield Relay. You can stack sats across Europe. R-E-L-A-I. You know I'm going to shield Swan. That's swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. And you know I'm going to beg you guys to take control of your keys and put them on to a Bitcoin-only hardware wallet. You can find it at Shift Crypto ch forward slash bitten that will get you a five percent discount and i'm going to show very lightly my own work my book choose life please go check it out now let's get into this show with peter thanks again for coming on brother take care guys enjoy the show you know this is the show must go on we are already recording we're, we're back this, we, we're here with with Peter McCormack. What, what, what's the problem? You, do you have a little this is bit how of how broadcasting uh, works? Yeah, a little bit of anxiety. No, it's just I don't know if this is the right guy. Sorry, I don't know if this is the right guy. <laughs> well, but I'm pretty your, sure this is the right guy. Ask your first question and let's see. It might it might help you. All right. So should anyway, I go with the, the one where I feel more embarrassed, or should I go with this one and then go with the intelligent one, so then I could get back <laughs> into the game. It's over to you. The, 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 I mean, the show must go on. Okay, who cares? I'm just gonna go with the one. Left. Wait, okay. So, um, morning, morning, Lauren. Morning, minute, morning, morning. Did I call you a morning? Morning, Lauren. <laughs> and morning, morning, Mickey. Mini. Oh, oh yeah. Mini. It's Minnie Mouse. Morning, Minnie. Yeah. God, we're all like all over the place. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Yeah. It's early. Um, so back with the question. Mm -hmm. So my question is. <laughs> I think I forgot the question. Hold on, let me just recap. Uh... You know, you're just embarrassed. <laughs> okay, I think I got the question back. Um Okay. What does it feel like to be the number one podcaster? Yeah, I got that. 
Bitcoin the number podcast. one. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yes. Bitcoin podcasting. Yes. So it comes with a lot of pressure. It comes with a lot of pressure because once you're at the top, you know everyone wants to knock you down, Lauren. Um, so it comes with a lot of pressure, uh, but it also comes with some other benefits. Um, you have lots of. It's, it's easy easier to get the guests you want, which is one of the, your dad will tell you this. Trying to get guests sometimes is a struggle. You always want to target certain people and. It can be hard. So it makes it easier to get the guests and it makes it easier because once you start making money from it, you're able to recruit a team to help you do this and, and put it together. But it comes with a lot of pressure because um, there are people who want to take your crown. Your dad, for one, your dad would like to be the number one. And <laughs> he's, he's, he's coming at me. He's coming at me like a freight train. So it comes with that pressure. Um, you know, you get lots of female fans. It's a real problem. <laughs> Fight off all the female fans. That's very difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not, I've not got to that part yet. I'm, I'm Lauren, still waiting. Lauren. Yeah. Sorry, Lauren. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm a, I'm just a moron from Bedford who, who started a podcast. And for some reason, lots of people like listening to it. But I don't really know. I can't ever properly think it through or don't really know what it means. So I'm just enjoying it right while it's now. And I'm definitely going to screw it up at some point. So before I screw it up, I'm going to have as much fun as I possibly can. That reminds me, my question for you. Are you ready? Yes. What's it like to be the number one child Bitcoin podcaster in the world? Well. Comes with a lot of pressure, hmm. right? Yes. Um. We've inspired other kids, right? Yeah. Lily's show. Lily is doing a great little job. Mm. Three-year-old Lily. She's interviewing Michael Saylor. It's amazing. Yeah. She's better than me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to show my Scarlett, my daughter, what you're up to, and she might be inspired. She might come at you. So while your dad's coming at me, Scarlett might come at you. We might have a whole podcast off. And I mean, and we've got this guy over in the US who thinks he's pretty, uh, pretty up there. Like Pomp, this guy Pomp, he's coming for Peter. And <laughs> this lady, <laughs> this lady made a song about Peter and Pomp. Pomp's small time. Pomp's the warm up show. You know, if you, if you go to a concert, you get the warm up show. You get the warm up band. Pomp's the warm up show. You know, if you want to do my show, you do Pomp's first, just to, you know, just get a feel for what it's like. And then once you're comfortable, you come on my show. There you go. Okay. You know that. Yes. Um, you got your other question. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Do you do the like YouTube stuff and you do like a lot of swearing? Like I like last time I asked him, um, like like I, I didn't ask him, but I said I know stops. what you're talking about. That's the first time we spoke with <laughs> yeah. Peter. We watched his um yeah, his, reportage yeah. in Venezuela. Uh -huh. and uh we enjoyed it mm -hmm. and you said yeah but that guy swears a lot is that that is the same guy okay, yes. right. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yes um so have you stopped the swearing uh i was gonna answer that in a way that i thought would be funny but i would have sworn no i haven't i have do you want to know something funny lauren i i probably get 
two emails a week from listeners asking me to stop swearing, saying, look, I love your show, but can you stop swearing? Like, I can't listen to it in front of my kids or, you know, I can't recommend it to my friends. And I'm like, uh, no, I can't. I've tried. Basically, I've tried. The problem is, is when I do the show, I, I just get into the swing of it and, and forget. And sometimes it's worse than others. Sometimes you might just get one S word. Does daddy swear? My goodness. Well, less than you. Mm. But um, he, he, he swears. He goes like, no, no, no. Mm, no, 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 no. Mm. He like speaks and swears. The, the, um, the S word. Only when, only when he's talking about the government or if he drops something. <laughs> the, go- the government uh, a med. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Now, Peter, I'm getting a yeah. bit of um, I'm getting a bit of whiz banging on your audio. I'm not sure if there's maybe a loose connection or something like that. It was fine to begin with. How about now? Okay. Yeah. Better, yes. I don't know what you did there, but yeah. that is a lot better. We reconnected it. All right. Well, listen, Lauren. Oh, it's no, no, it's not. no, it's you not. You should definitely not swear ever in your whole life. And if Daddy swears, you should you should pull him up on it. <clears throat> I will try and improve. I just, I'm, I, yeah, I should try and improve. I'm sorry for like, my swearing. Like but when when you're like talking to friends, you say no 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 f word, and I'm like Daddy. Mm-hmm. It uh, th- there has been a lot of research done on this, Lauren, and it is uh, the sign of intelligence and honesty for someone to be uh, to be swearing. It. I should like make an app. Where That's, what only swear. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I There's. Uh... I don't know if I'm intelligent. I'm definitely honest. Right now, hang on, mate. I'm going to shut this down and give you another link because this your audio is gone again, and I, I I want to do a restart and make sure that we're um, that we're getting a better audio. So just give me five minutes. Right. Okay. Lauren's question's out of the way, and hopefully your whiz banging is out of the way. So we're back. Hopefully this yeah. is a, a much better audio. All right, mate. Let's go. Let's get this second, third time attempt. I thank you for all of your patience and, of course, all of your help and for giving up your time on a Sunday morning to come on the show, man. Whenever you want, man. I've always got you. So I've no, I sorry, I've been fucking useless this last few weeks. Oh, there you go. I'm swearing again. So I've been <laughs> useless. It's just been uh, a weird, busy couple of weeks. Mate, what happened yesterday with that fire? That looked fucking. <laughs> what the hell? <gasps> Yeah, so that was mad. Uh, I I was down the gym with my son, and my neighbour lives opposite me. Who I think I've talked about him before because he got scammed out of his Bitcoin by an Instagram, uh, a fake Pete McCormick Instagram account. You know those ones no that tend to be someone. Yeah, it was so sad. Uh, I, he didn't tell me for ages because he was embarrassed. But basically, he thought he was talking to me on Instagram. Whoever this was convinced him to put three thousand pound into mining. It was basically all the Bitcoin he had, and he lost it. I felt terrible for him. I gave him to actually, I gave him two hundred fifty quid of Bitcoin back before the bull run really kick started. So he might be evens on on pound value, but yeah, that that sucked. Uh, but anyway, he so he sorry he calls me and texts me occasionally and wants to talk about Bitcoin. He got a missed call and I ignored it because I was down the gym and and then there was a text and it said. Uh, what was it? Hold on. Let me tell you. It said, just the text you want to receive, right? Right. <laughs> uh, here we go. Pete, 
there's a fire next to your house fire in capital letters <laughs> i was like what <laughs> so i was like crap i tried to call him got no reply and then uh, another one of my neighbors texted me um and she said uh hold on here you go she said uh i hope your place is okay <laughs> yeah and i'm like great <laughs> so anyway we me and, me and my boy jump in the car we drive back up uh, the road to where we live and as we go in there's two fire engines but there isn't too much going on we can see a bit of a fire basically the fire was between my house and my neighbors and what had happened uh, my neighbor he'd had a chimney um, going in the garden last night or the previous night should I say uh, he'd got up left it till the middle of the day a good 15 hours later and emptied the ash uh, into the bin um, and uh something's obviously still hot or whatever and it's caused the bin to go up in flames the bins then set the fence on fire it's melted uh all my bikes it's his door set on fire because he's got a door on that side of the house we don't he's got his kitchen door uh that went and then his whole kitchen's destroyed but we're very lucky i mean if it had been I don't know if no one has seen it at the right time. I called the police for another five minutes, 10 minutes. Or if, if, if the, the fire brigade was saying if his kitchen door had been open, it would have been a lot worse because his kitchen door was closed. It contained to the kitchen by the time they get, got there. Uh, but there's a lot of drama. Uh, the gas was turned off. The power was turned off for a good four hours. We we're all just sat around waiting for it to end. So, mate. Yeah, it's um, it was. Uh, just a really it's the second fire in our road as well one of our neighbors set their kitchen on fire about a year ago as well so but yeah just uh it's just one of those things man it happens i, I it saw been, your it could have been a lot worse i saw your video it looked as though your your picture shift picture frame and uh yeah picture yeah that, that was very lucky that that survived that <laughs> honestly we we, we, were, we were so worried about that and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a day man mate what a day and uh i've been listening to a few of your podcasts as well recently and you've been talking about you, um, have, having your your banking closed down so what the hell's been going on what's that story uh so I, I, a lot of people think that's because um i took out a loan and lied about what it's for uh i think some people i think there's some it's something on twitter i don't know if you've noticed this um we, I think, are primarily in a US, US-based US Twitter uh, cohort. But I think sometimes British humour or British ways of talking don't always translate. We speak the same language, but really we don't speak the same language. Um, so sometimes things that are said don't really translate properly. But whatever. Uh, I think people think my bank account was closed down because I took out a loan and lied. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't closed down because of that. Uh, my bank, my bank account was closed down because uh, I told the bank it was none of their business when they wanted to know what I was spending money on. So it was about whenever it was, whenever I put up, was it like six weeks ago, eight weeks ago? I got a phone call from the bank saying, "Hi, Mr. McCormack, we just wanted to phone and talk to you, do an annual review of your account." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine, no worries." Like not thinking, I never, we never have an annual review, but anyway, whatever. Uh, yes, we just want to talk through some of your. Uh, some of your transactions I was like okay they're like on such and such a date you spent this money or you sent this money to here can you tell us what it's for and I was like uh, do I have to 
She said, no, you don't. I was like, well, I'm just not going to tell you. And then she went, okay, well, it, yeah, it might cause some problems. I was like, well, what's the problem here? I've been a customer for 25 years. My account isn't in deficit. Like every one of my accounts is in credit, all four of them. I don't go into my overdraft ever. Every, every single product I've ever taken from you loan has been repaid back. I've made no complaints. There's been no fraud on my account. Like, I'm just none of your business. And she was like, well, okay. Well, I wanted to go through a few transactions with you. Is it going to be the same? Like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact conversation. It wouldn't be exactly like this. But I was like, look, I'm just not going to tell you. It's none of your business. That's my money. Now, I'm a 42-year-old man. I've got two children. I run a business. I don't need to tell you how I'm spending my money. No offense, but, like, I've got my shit together. <laughs> uh Anyway, thought nothing of it. Two weeks later, I get that letter that says we can no longer service you as a customer. And in 65 days, your accounts will be closed down. So I phoned, I phoned them up and I said, well, what's this about? She said, well, you have to go into the branch to speak to one of the bank managers. I was like, okay, fine. Having not been into a branch for at least two or three years. I forgot how depressing those places are. But so I went down to the Bedford High Street Lloyd's branch and I went in and... Uh, it was just a weird experience. Like I was just thinking who you basically anyone who's in here hasn't got internet banking because there's no reason to go into the bank now unless you, I guess deposit a check, maybe what else to get cash out? No, the cash machine, unless you want to get a big lump of cash out. Maybe there's that. What other reasons do you want to go in there? You know, maybe to open a business account. You want to talk to a manager, but like, most people, I don't think, need it. So there's a lot of old people in there, I noticed. Just really interesting spot in A lot of old people. And we also have quite a large, um, in Bedford, we have quite a large uh, immigrant community from uh, yeah, different parts of the world. Uh, uh, we've had a big growth in Eastern Europeans in the area over the last you know, 10 years. Uh, and I noticed there was a lot of Eastern Europeans in there. So I was wondering, well, if there's certain things to do with banking between transferring money from from here to there perhaps anyway just just whatever like just observing it um and then eventually someone came out and i, I know the girl I've, i know the girl in the bank because i've been a customer for so long right and you know she's like oh how are you i haven't seen you for ages i was like yeah yeah behind and like i just want to find out why my accounts are being closed down she went and had a look and i said and she said uh oh I have to phone somebody and she phoned and said, oh, well, they don't give a reason when they close down bank accounts. So we can't give you the reason. I was like, I've just been told to come down here to get a reason. She said, well, we don't give a reason. I was like, if, if they got a phone call two weeks ago about asking me about my transactions, what they were for, and I refused to give the information, could my accounts be closed down for that? And she said, oh yeah, it's almost certainly that. I was like, okay. So she said, it's because of fraud. We need to know certain, you know, what certain transactions are. And I was like, why didn't they just tell me that? At least if they told me that at the time, look, if you don't answer this, we're probably going to close down your account. And it's because of fraud. We need to know these. I could still tell them to go fuck themselves, but like, but they didn't. They just asked me the questions and I said, I don't want to answer. And they closed my account down. So it was really annoying at the time. And then it, I'd already had at least two years of issues trying to get business banking just kept getting turned down for business bank accounts. And I always wondered whether it was the fact they had Bitcoin in the in the company name, because that's what Bitcoin did limited. So yeah, but anyway, I've moved on now. I've, I've got a co uh, combination of uh, uh, 
Revolut and transfer wise, and that's working out really well for me. And also, obviously, I use Bitcoin more and more, but it's just a pain in the ass, man. Real pain. So it's such a, a legacy way of doing business, right? It's it's just so we're so beyond it now. We're just it's so dead. Like so I, I know it, it, they really are, and they just don't even see it. And I know exactly what you mean about these high street branches because every now and then when we're allowed to visit the UK, perhaps family have given the kids checks for, for birthday money or Christmas money or whatever. And I just look at it and I think, oh man, that means I've got to go into that high street branch. And it is just so damn depressing. Even, even just walking, right. I know now you can put it in an envelope or even machines, you can still do it, but you still generally have to walk into the branch and find the letterbox. And mm -hmm. it's awful what a horrible feeling it just brings back so many bad memories as a kid walking in there and, and depositing um uh, your birthday money or whatever lauren's just walked back into the room <laughs> <laughs> I no but so, it's it's fine we, we've moved on from your questions yeah I, I, yeah I know i just want to say goodbye oh okay yeah, so, bye <laughs> bye lauren see you later yeah see you bye, bye. probably have to get scarlet and lauren on together one point one point um, we, we 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 will do that but, but so, you know what? I did the thing show with Simon Dixon and Bill the other day talking about this. And Brilliant show. Maybe, yeah, it was. But maybe it was Simon who made me realise and not um, Bill. He said, it's not the bank's fault. It's the government's fault. It's the government have turned the banks into law enforcement. And therefore, they need to know what all these transactions are. And it's just like, come on. Come on. Give us a break. Like... Well, they're destroying them. They are the ones destroying the banks. And I don't know what the deal is, like how much pushback the banks give. And maybe someone like Lloyd's, because they're such a massive high street bank, they're like, we don't need this grief. We'll just we'll just have the easier customers. Also, I think someone like me is probably a crap customer from Lloyd's because I don't really need anything from them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not brand loyal. If I need a loan or a mortgage, car insurance, house insurance, I just go on a comparison engine and get that. So I'm not brand loyal for anything. And I'm never in my overdrafts. They don't get overdraft fees for me. Um, so that, that basically, I, I just get free. I was getting free banking and giving nothing in return. So I, I don't, I, maybe they just don't want people like me. Maybe they just want people who've got money problems who are always dipping into their overdraft. But, you know, whatever. They, they're having their blockbuster moment, mate. They certainly are, mate. They certainly are. And it's weird, right? Do you, do you find yourself looking at other businesses now as well with the same, you know, you've been down a Bitcoin rabbit hole and, and so entrenched in this system of new finance for so long. When you're looking at other businesses, whatever it might be, whether it's a restaurant or, you know, but whatever, but with like your, your Bitcoin goggles on, do you just see through like so much of like the, the nonsense? I do. I would say you, it's not just business. I just say you have a Bitcoin lens on the world. Uh, and look, I'm not like, I'm not like some of the more hardcore Bitcoiners. I'm not uh, a mountain man, carnivore, super low time preference, yeah, anarchist, right? I, I'm not. I don't. I don't follow all of that, um, you know, for whatever reasons. And although I'm slipping further towards it, which is a strange thing, but but I do have that Bitcoin lens on everything, and I find myself with my son regularly giving him life lessons and explaining why certain things are bullshit, like. So, for example, when he's like, he talks about school and what he doesn't like about it, 
you know, five years ago, I'd be like, no, you need it. You need an education. You need your grades. Now I'm like, look, if you don't want to go, just don't go. Don't moan about it. Just don't go. Go and do something different. You know, I don't care what it is, but if you don't want to go to school, I'm cool with that. Just don't go. Don't waste your time. And now my daughter, you know, he's got a year to go. My daughter, I'm looking, going, why are we even sending you there? Like, yeah. the stuff they're teaching you is crap. It's so outdated. It is, I could teach you so much better at home myself. Um, and it could be, we could be out, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. But we could be doing anything and I would just be, I'd be seeing problems and it's got my Bitcoin lens on and, you know, maybe perhaps it's to do with the lockdowns and I'll be saying to my son, you know, we can't leave the country, mate. We are essentially prisoners in this country for, for the government's reasons. Yeah. You know, or it might be, I'd be talking about, you know, new laws that the government's acting enacting and, and, and just trying to explain and say, look, this increases surveillance on us. Like it could just be, it's just this lens that you have over everything where you suddenly, suddenly distrust everything. And you know, people know I came from just like a, I was a normal sheep, right? And I don't usually like that term, but I was a normal, yeah, Stockholm syndrome, government, government is what we need, semi-socialist uh, um, sympathizer, mildly conservative, other issues, blah, blah, blah. And I've gradually, over time, you know, had to very publicly sh like shred these beliefs or, or had these belief systems attacked and it's a it's been a really tough process to go through but i see it i have that lens mate i mean you're it's, in france yeah that's been fucking nuts for three to four years now yeah it, it's it's completely crazy mate and you're like um you you do certainly feel you know you walk around especially what's been going on this last year you know being prisoners in your own home <clears throat> um and it, it like questioning everything now from a completely different point of view and, and having that, I guess, having that knowledge that because you hold Bitcoin, I mean, somebody said on one of my podcasts, I think it was Pavi Guy Bennett said, you know, Bitcoin gives you a voice. Uh, you, you can, because you have, you're not dependent now. You're not a hundred percent fully dependent on the fiat system or uh, government handouts, welfare, socialism, whatever you want to call it. You have something else. You can start speaking up against certain things, but the amount of pushback that's out there is crazy, right? You, you can't talk to, I'm sure you can't talk to many of your neighbors, maybe the guy across the road uh, about what's going on without feeling like you are the crazy. That's certainly true. I'm definitely the crazy one amongst my friends and I, I'm nothing like some of the more you know, dedicated uh, Bitcoiners. Yeah. You know, I'm not a patch on a Matt O'Dell or a Marty Ben or a, Francis Poulier I like I'm not uh I, I, but there I am noticing changes like so my daughter had um, a birthday party this week well it wasn't her, her party her friend's brother was having a party and, and she, she uh, the sister was allowed to bring someone along so I invited Scarlett and the mum phoned me up and she was like look we're doing a th this it's going to be here uh we've all been tested uh we're going to do another the test um can scarlet come we can make sure she i'm like i don't care stop all this nonsense i don't care she can come whatever i don't care anymore you know and i was right at the start of this lockdown i was very supportive of, of the idea of just let the government figure this out 
Um, because at the time, I, I thought it was pretty scary. We were seeing videos from China of people like dropping dead on the street. There was a virus. It was killing lots of people. It felt like... I know some people claim, like, I didn't believe it in the first place. I th- I felt like, like a lot of people did, that, holy shit, this thing's serious. A lot of people are going to die. And a lot of people have died. And I'm not going to get into the debate over what is really a real COVID death and what isn't, blah, blah, blah. It's definitely killed a lot of people, and it's definitely made a lot of people sick. Uh, and, and people of all ages have died and been affected by it. But I was very supportive of the idea, of, okay, give the government some time to figure this out. You know, if we need a, you know, a lockdown for eight weeks it's not great but like whatever we can all get through this figure this out build some temporary hospitals you know i spoke to my friend who's a doctor and he interviewed him actually and he you know he said it's serious you know oh, he said we had a trickle and then we were we were packed you know and you know we had a lot of sick people we were dealing with but they've learned how to treat people now and we've also learned that lockdowns don't work and we've also learned that people get a you know people need vitamin d and we've also learned that it's mainly affecting you know, people with underlying conditions or obese people you know we've learned so much about it yeah what hasn't happened we haven't seen any kind of evolving of the government's attitudes towards this because they can't say they were wrong because they never want to but like they could they could they say look we know more about this now yeah so once one time amongst my friends and talking about some of this stuff, I, I kind of tend to temper it sometimes because I just don't want to sound like um, you know, the crazy one. Uh, but I, I am trying to you know, share ideas. Like, I, I mean, I go on Facebook and I talk a lot about Bitcoin on Facebook and I'm seeing, I'm seeing some, like a year ago, I'd get like nothing from my friends or one like or one person be like, oh, I listen to your show. Now I'm, I'm posting things just talking about inflation talking about uh, the money printer what it means government debt getting a lot more interest now more people are saying can we talk about this but it is a huge leap to go from somebody who is just a normal society person to suddenly be in a down the rabbit hole bitcoin that's a long journey um yeah it certainly has been a long journey mate um you know we've excuse me it's been um but it's been sped up, right? I don't know whether you know just now, like twenty class of 2020, the, the amount of people that came in and just zoomed down the rabbit hole so damn quickly. And now we've got class of 2021 following very, very closely on their heels. Um, and just last night, I, I don't know whether you've looked this morning, but we had about almost a 10K dip last night in the price. So I saw that, man. <laughs> right. What was that? Was that like, a, was that a hash rate FUD or was that? I have a, no uh, idea, mate. No I idea. I saw two things. I saw a hash rate thing that was going on. People were talking about, was there a blackout in Jinping or wherever it is? I don't know how you pronounce it. And uh, also there was the... Uh, uh, was it the DOJ or someone saying they were doing an investigation into um, cryptocurrencies being used for fraud or something? I've not dug into it. I literally, I woke up this morning, grabbed the coffee, fired this thing up to try and, um, you know, connect with you and, and spent 10 minutes just scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, what the hell happened here? So I've, I've not, um, you know, a, more and more news will come out. But for those people that are here now, like class of 2020, 2021, this could be the first like real kind of shock to their system and their belief. And like, oh, holy shit, they're waking up and seeing this, right? It's because we've been around a little bit longer with, you know, we just know this is all part of the thing and just keep stacking away and everything will be fine. 
Um, yeah, how, how do you, you know, do, do you have a message to those people that might be uh, kind of like, ooh. What, people who were no coiners, but but kind of appearing, peering, they can see the rabbit hole in the distance and they're thinking, mm. I, I might have to look at I just think you've got to get some skin in the game and, and spend some time. If you're not willing to do the work, I heard Pomp say this, and I think he was talking about something Marty Bent said, like, you've got to do the work. You know, uh, I don't do as nearly uh, as much work as some people, but you've got to do the work. Uh, you got to buy some Bitcoin, so you've got some skin in the game, and you've got to spend some time learning it. You, you, you're not going to get it just by what you see in the mainstream news or a few people have told you. You're going to probably, most people are going to think, this is just... Their view of what Bitcoin is compared to ours is going to be light years apart. Because most of us, when we first hear about Bitcoin, it's like, oh, it's some money on the internet. So you probably think of it as a bit like, you know, almost like a digital token in a game. It's just like digital money. So it doesn't seem that real. And uh, and then you watch it trade. It looks like maybe it trades like stocks and shares. It's like, oh, it goes up and down. It goes to crazy prices. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't really think about the nature of money or what it is, what gives money value. I mean, I had it the other day. The guy I go to the gym with, he's, he's got a lot of dough, this guy. You know, he said he was thinking about it. Um, so we spent some time. We got a coffee, and I was just asking him questions about, you know, what is money? What does it mean to you? You know, what do you use it for? You know, what do you think happens when the government increases the money supply? you know are you seeing inflation in your work but he was saying yeah he said like he's a tradesman he said trade prices are going up like five to ten percent yeah no like just pretty much overnight um so i was just going through those basics with him uh, and trying to get him to the idea that like if you're going to get into this this isn't something you're buying now and selling in six months this is something you're buying and you maybe hold for life if you do sell any it's probably in 10 years you take this stuff very seriously. And um, so I just think you've got to do the work. You've got to be committed to spend some time learning this. You've got to go and read a couple of books. You've got to at least go and read the Bitcoin standard, uh, everything outside of the modern art, sh modern art shit in there. You've got to go and read Nick Bartier's Layered Money. Uh, you've got to read uh, VJ Boyer Party's The Bullish Case of Bitcoin. You've got to go and listen to two or three podcasts. You've got to buy some Bitcoin. I think once you do those, if, and if you, go with an, like, if you go with an open heart, ready to learn, and you've you know, read those, and you've listened to some podcasts, you bought some Bitcoin, and looked a little bit of the world, I think that, that then, then you're probably ready to go on a Bitcoin journey. But if you're not willing to do the work, then you're, you're going to go in and probably, if you do invest, you're going to fail or you're going to chicken out. And this is one of the things happening with a lot of these hedge funds that are coming in right now. Uh, we, we've had um, like Jim Cramer the other day. They, they, they keep, I see these guys, they're coming in with a fiat mindset. Still, they've not done the work, right? They're, to, for them, it's another way to make more fiat. Uh, you know, they've not done the sailor journey of, you know, th that, that hero's sailor journey where he was full yeah. down the rabbit hole and understands it. What do you feel? But listen, look, well, this kind of fiat mindset thing, you know, hmm. I find it hard to believe when the price is going up in dollars, there are people just going, one Bitcoin because one Bitcoin, I don't care. I pretty much reckon almost everybody apart from maybe like a handful of people are looking at their value of their portfolio in dollars or pounds and they're going, fucking hell, this is cool. Like I, I find that really hard to believe. Yes, they might say it, you know, but I find it hard to believe because um, yeah, money liberates you. you know, 
and and bitcoin can liberate you in two ways bitcoin liberates you like you said earlier it gives you this voice it liberates you from being stuck in the um legacy system but it also it liberates you in terms of what you can do like if you get to the point of fuck you money you know which uh i've kind of got to you know and when i say i've got fuck you money it's like I can't, i'm kind of going to be okay the podcast is making enough money if i don't screw that up like i can kind of do what i want like if i want to move house and go and live in you know, island hopper digital nomad i can go and do it you know i don't have a boss i don't have anyone to tell me what to do i can choose what i want to do most days as long as i get my podcast out three times a week like and, and money liberates you so i i even those people who's who's say you've got a fiat mindset you, you still have to buy a lot of stuff in fiat and if you need the money if, if a certain amount of money so about bitcoin means you've got a certain amount of you know calculable dollar or pound value that liberates you then that's fine that for me that's fine like yeah i i, I think i also think you have to have a part bitcoin and a part fiat mindset to navigate the world you can't just navigate the world on a bitcoin standard just yet you can get there and you can live on one but you still need to understand the fiat system to navigate it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not good. Tell me if you're good at this. Are you good at doing the Sats um, uh, price conversion in your head? If you see a price in Sats, you're like, oh, I know that's that's ten pounds. That's ten pound forty eight. No, man. No, it's still, no, like eight shit. decimal points. Eight decimal places is it, that's yeah. that's tough. <laughs> some people, some people can do it. and I think it takes some work. I can't do it, and it moves around too much. So, like in my head, I'm still uh, calculating things in pounds. Well, I see dollar values and I'm calculating and I, I can do that into pounds because it's quite stable. Um, yeah, we might get there, but I, 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 you know, I'm not the same as the, the, the more, some of the more dedicated, I'd probably say dedicated than hardcore because hardcore can sound a bit pejorative at times, but I'm a bit more, I'm still a bit, I still got one foot in the fiat world. It's, we, we still live in it. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, we, I go to the local supermarket, I'm spending euros uh, and I don't mind spending euros, you know, fiat for for uh, for that kind of food. It, would, it was great. I used to have a card that whenever I spent on it, I could get um, sats back. That was brilliant. Um, unfortunately, uh, I want to talk about the company because their the, the service is now absolutely shocking and I don't want to even mention them. But we need more of that in in uh, Europe. The US are really spoilt with with fold and lolly and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're light years ahead with that kind of stuff. But you know, it, it, I, I, especially if you've got kids, you 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 still have a firm foot in the fiat world, right? You know, because you've got to buy stuff for kids. You can't put them on a Bitcoin. So they understand Bitcoin. I tell you, my my son had a brilliant Bitcoin lesson this last six seven months. It's brilliant. We even had a we even had a discussion about it yesterday because he's pissed off at me. But I don't know. Last year he was like, "Dad, he had about six hundred pounds." He's like, "Dad, should I put it into Bitcoin?" I was like, "Well, nah. You don't worry about that now. You that's your money for spending when you want to spend it. Um, you keep that, and you know I've got Bitcoin. Anything happens to me, you, you're sorted." It was I'm I screwed up. I screwed up more than him because I had a chance to teach him a lesson. And I didn't, and I regret it myself. Came to me recently. It's like, Dad, how much would that Bitcoin be worth? I'd be like, eh, probably about three, four thousand pounds. He's like, Dad, 
I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. And he said, no, I said to him, I gave him a choice. I said, all right, here's your options. You can either give me that £600 now and I'll give you that Bitcoin, but you're not allowed to spend that Bitcoin until, you know, I think I think I said a few years, but perhaps it should be till you, you, you leave home. Or you can keep the £600. He didn't make a decision straight away. and He's still lambing an iron. He wants it now. Uh, the only thing is he's turned 17 and we went to get him a car the other day. So I bought my car and I was, he was like, and I said, but well, you've got to put your money towards it. Your five or 600 pound. And he came to me the other day. He said, well, if I give you that 600 pound, you essentially still owe me 2,400. I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. You're getting a new <laughs> car now. You missed the boat. <laughs> but like, I, I'm going to do something for him. I'm going to get, I've got a hardware wallet. I'm going to set him up with some Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm probably going to give him his, yeah three grand a bitcoin and and because the lesson he could have learned is that if he'd held up bitcoin his purchasing power goes up and that would have made him i know because he likes spending money yeah he likes like six each time he's spending it he would have been really considered you know shit because that six went to three thousand if i sell some of that bitcoin back it's gonna you know what's gonna happen to it in the future so i screwed up more than him because he wasn't to know and I could have given him a, like a good lesson in Bitcoin. And anyway, my mistake to fix. Mate, the uh, you, you you caught some people out the other day with your your little video of you and your son going to buy his first car. Um, oh my god! For fuck's sake. <laughs> See, this is the point. This is the point. Like people just don't get the the humor, right? Of course, I'm not buying a 17 year old an R top of the range R8 supercar, right? Like for me, it was, it was actually it was, it was Connor's idea. He was he was like post input. Th- thank you, Bitcoin. So anyway, because we, 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 so we he's going to be just fine, mate. He's going to be just fine if he's he's already figured out how to troll people on Twitter and he's holding a bit uh, of Bitcoin. <laughs> he he was telling me to uh, uh, um, troll Pomp yesterday. He wanted <laughs> we had the picture of the fire at the house. He was like, put Pomp's name in the fire and put yours as the house. And uh, he's loving the trolling. <laughs> he goes through and reads all the comments. And he's like, "Wow, some people are some people are massive dicks, Dad." And I'm like, "Yeah, welcome to Twitter." <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm just like, we 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 post it up for a joke. I cannot believe the replies. You're a terrible parent. What kind of parent does that? What kind of lesson have you taught him? Like hundreds of pl- replies of people losing their shit. And I'm there thinking, how how do you think this is real? And then I was thinking, well, that's the perfect troll. The perfect troll is one where people, like, if you're triggered, if a troll has triggered someone, you've it's a successful troll. But I could not believe the uh, the amount of the replies. It's funny. I, I love trolling with the cars as well. Um, I put one out yesterday. I said, "Oh, it's such a weird day. I didn't buy a car today." <laughs> <laughs> And even, even funny, I'll tell you this now because this is it's going to happen before this goes out. You know, I got my new car. I've got to take it in. It's got a problem with the window seal that needs fixing and it's going to take need it for like overnight. So they're lending me one of their um, courtesy cars. But a, their courtesy car is a, a, a 4x4 Aston Martin DBX, like a 180 grand car. So I'm going to have that. And I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to troll people with that. And I might, I, I might put up like, I got some, got some, got some you know, dust on the car from the fire yesterday, so I got rid of it and got this. <laughs> You're gonna get people. You're gonna get people fired up. Excuse well, the pun. 
Oh, oh, should I say it's my eight, I got my my eleven year old daughter a birthday present. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But hang on a minute, right? This 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 Aston's brand new, right? That and what's wrong with the windowsill? This is this oh, is crazy. New. No, no, it's not brand new. No. no, no, it's not brand new. No, no, it was a um, it was a used, it was a second hand one. No, I wouldn't buy it. I've I've only bought one new car in my whole life, which was the car I bought my dad this right. week. Right? I've never bought a new car because you drive them off the forecourt and they lose twenty percent mm-hmm. value, uh, and you know there was a it was just such a good price on the aston compared to what they retailed but no there's just a couple of uh, it's small minor issues with it um that it just needs fixing like i said there's a problem with it it's it's british engineered right i love aston martin but it's british engineered so everything just kind of is can be a little bit shit and break <laughs> we're not like the german we're not like the germans with our engineering like as much as the car's beautiful it needs fixing so now, come on, mate. I yes. want to get your take on this. I put out a tweet yesterday. It was very tongue in cheek, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of there's a lot of truth behind it. And the tweet was: Imagine being head of marketing at Lamborghini and not sponsoring Bitcoin podcasts. Imagine being head of marketing Lamborghini. Marketing at Lamborghini. Right. <laughs> but we don't need to. We're, you know, we're doing it for them. It's the biggest meme in the space, right? This is, and we. Clearly, there's going to be a lot of wealthy people in the space. Um, so it, it was a bit tongue in cheek, but at the end of the day, in a few years' time, I don't know you, you're going to have to have a word with Aston, mate. You, you might be able to get yourself a little little run around on the side. What time did you send this yesterday? Uh, midday, I guess. Hey, here we go. Imagine being ahead of Martin. I'm going to reply to it. And didn't you, I've heard you, you've talked about the sports bet IO guys. You've, you've managed to swing a free Lambo for someone. Well, so yeah, I said to them, they, they wanted to do a competition. I was like, well, I keep talking about cars and shit, and there are people who like them. Should we give a Lamborghini away? And they were like, yeah, why not? I was like, can I have one as well? And they were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Probably, I've got nowhere to put it. I was like, where the fuck do I put this? I've, my, I've only got, you know what British garages are like? Mine's tiny. I've yeah, seen you try there. and park inside it, mate. Yes. Hey, do you know what? It, it's, it's it's not that bad parking that. I, it's, I can park that quite easy in there and get out quite easy, but I'm, I definitely can't get two in there. So I've got nowhere to put it. I'm going to have to see if any of my mates have got a spare garage. I can go and stick the car somewhere. Um, but yeah. So no, is this no, a no, real thing? This, is, this isn't a meme. Like this is actually. No, happening. no, this is real. This is, this is, this is really? actually happening. Yeah, it's actually happening. Yeah. No I'm way. Just figuring out the mechanics. Yeah, it's like you're going to have to go on and play a game on their like Bitcoin casino or something to for a chance to win, which some people are probably be like, well, why are you doing that? You're encouraging gambling. I was like, well, then fucking have a go then. Um, but no, no, I did. We are going to do it. The thing is, look, I, it's, it's a really tricky thing because a lot, obviously, Lamborghinis are mean, but I love cars, man. And I know people get really wound up, but I fucking love cars. Like people post the shit that they like. Some people post up the, you know, in America might post the guns they like or the stakes they bought or the property that they built. I fucking like cars. <laughs> I have ever since I was a kid loved cars. Just love them. I love driving them. I love looking. I just love fucking cars. And I know a lot of other people do. So look, if we're a separate cohort of Bitcoin and cars and so be it, but I'm, I'm not going to stop just because other people lose their shit and they're like, oh, you're bragging or whatever. No, oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you, man. Let's talk about the 
well, the success of your pod and Thank what you. you're moving it to. You're, it's going to become hijack, right? Because you've did you, you've done what Bitcoin did, and you've also then done defiance. So there's going to yeah. be the next step. This is the the big well, push. It's funny. It's funny because we're recording this again because we talked about this previously. I am like I'm an anaring, right? So. So I, I'm just one of these people who likes to build stuff, right? I like to build companies. That's that's my strength in the background, building companies. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, two things I think I'm good at, and I've got a lot of flaws, but two things I think I'm good at is sales. Uh, I think of sales, like uh, three things. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to put the effort in. I'm good at sales, and I'm good at, I think, at managing a team, keeping a team motivated. Uh, and I like building companies. So we, you know, we built the Bitcoin podcast and we launched Defiance and then we launched Never Edit. And it was all kind of all the brands were all over the place. So we just want to kind of bring it all under one, which was hijack. But also the Bitcoin show is doing so well. I did have a moment. I took a step back and thought, what am I doing? Why don't, why isn't the Bitcoin show enough? Like it's doing really well. You know, it, was, it got to number one in the UK finance chart. You know, I think it's number 15 in the US chart right now. Like, it's doing well. It provides for me and my family. I enjoy it. Why do I suddenly want to like, what, what is it in me that makes me want to keep building other stuff, use up my free time, make myself busy and stressed for, for you know, why am I doing this? So, I, so I am, I'm honestly, I'm considering right now. I'm like, am I going to do this? Do I want to do this? You know, why am I doing this? Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely pondering it all at the moment. What was the why in the first place for what Bitcoin did? What do you mean? What made you start the podcast originally? Oh, just, um, I can't give you like a, I can't give you a moment that said, oh shit, I should start a podcast. But mainly just because, I don't know if you have told you the story about my friend, I went on, I ended up on a yoga retreat in it was when I was fucked up, like life was falling apart. No, I, I, yoga. I don't know this. Please, please, oh, I, please share. God, for anyone who's heard it before, I'm so sorry. They must be bored of it. But basically got, got divorced, getting over drug addiction and ended up on a yoga retreat in Italy just through a weird set of events. And it was run by this guy called Rich Roll, who's a vegan ultra athlete podcaster i was listening to his podcast basically i was to get over like all the shit that had gone on in my life like the collapse of my marriage my company like because everything was shit i just started running and i was listening to his podcast and he had this retreat so i went to it and we became friends and uh i was hanging out with him in la once just living it up and he i just said i like your life man i like your life you you sit down and talk to people two or three times a week uh and then you travel the world. What an amazing life. I like it. I want to, I think I want, I, I want to do this. And he was like, well, look, if you want to do it, basically go watch the Pat Flynn course, buy this equipment. And then he said, you've got to put the work in. You've got to turn up every week. And he's like, for years, you've got to do this. He said, I've given loads, loads of people have come to me and said, I want your life. And he's like, and after a few weeks, they get bored or they give up. He said, you've got to turn up every week for years um and i did yeah I'm, I'm i'm never shy from saying i definitely put the work in um but no really i just it was just his life. i was like i want that life i want what what a this is we're at work you and me now we're at work how fucking cool is this i just get to yeah. hang out with you one of my mates talk about bitcoin and that's work 
Yeah, some people have to do really shit, tough job. I've done some shit jobs in my life. God, I've I had one job once where I used to hammer in, used to put ha- handles on umbrellas for eight <laughs> hours a day. Yeah, I used to go into a factory, uh, and this factory was split in two. One side was where they manufactured. <laughs> this is funny, right? So the the the, the, the factory was split into two sides. One side where they manufactured the um, like the how do you explain it the they did the prints on the material that was made the the umbrella so i don't know say a company got in touch lloyd's bank got in touch said we want ten thousand umbrellas they would do all the printing on that side that was all like the and they're all like the young lads right hanging out doing that and then the other side is where they used to sew on the sewing machines sew the sections together and, and assemble the umbrellas uh, and that side was uh, it's just basically a bunch of Indian women. They were all Indian, like ten of them. And I was on that side because I was part of the production line for. Like, I was the last bit, so they would put on, they would stitch them, that would get put onto the umbrella, and I would put the handle on. So they didn't speak any English, and all that happened all day long. I would hear all these lads over the other side laughing and joking. I'd be there on my own, be like, "Fucking shit, bullshit." Uh, and then I'd get to like spend an hour with them at lunch. So for eight hours there, I would literally sit there, hammer, like glue into the uh, handle, hammer it on, right? Eight fucking hours a day. I used to make up games. How many can I do in an hour? Can I do one exactly on a certain amount of minutes? It's like fucking mind-numbing shit job. Um, and I know a lot of people get to do have to do really shit jobs for most of their life. So honestly this is a blessing to do this dude i'm going off on a weird tangent here Sorry. no but that was awesome i love it like uh i'm sure i hope there's going to be a lot of memes coming out from that a few banging in <laughs> hammering in bro- umbrella boy bro- yeah <laughs> um did you know it was always going to be a bitcoin podcast when you decided hmm, if i'm going to do this podcast thing watch the pat flynn thing choose a niche oh yeah was it always yeah yeah no because i was trading trading well, it was going to be a crypto podcast because it started out a crypto podcast. Even though it's what Bitcoin did, I was interviewing shitcoiners and you know, shitcoin projects for at least the first, I would say, 18 months of it, maybe. At least a year, probably 18 months of it. I mean, it's primarily Bitcoin, but I would talk to shitcoiners. But yeah, I knew that at the very start. What I don't know is if it will always be just a Bitcoin podcast. Yeah. You know, there's only so far you can go with that there are kind of asymmetric topics i i like to cover uh, uh it's, a, it's a really tough choice because you know if you want to listen to a bitcoin show you know mine's one of the ones people will tend to say listen to that alongside the others so that puts you in a very fortunate position but at the same time like i might at some point i might have to risk that to just for my own personal development to go a step further um because there's other people i want to talk to and i want to interview and i want to go you know i want to talk more about money and political landscapes and ecology and human performance there's lots of other things i want to talk about so at some point i might shed the bitcoin only wings and it become something more than just bitcoin which might be catastrophic for it it might destroy it but I don't, I don't know if it will always. For now, it is. It's going to be a Bitcoin show for now, for as far as you know, for the foreseeable future. But it just, 
like I did the interview with Julian Assange's father and dad, and I really enjoyed that. The downloads will probably be the lowest downloaded show that month because it wasn't like Bitcoin's going to a million dollars or Bitcoin, it wasn't moon juice. But I really enjoyed doing that because it's such a fascinating topic and it's so important. And I'd like to do more of that. Yeah. Who knows? Well, you, you might find those those people in in those sectors that you really want to talk to. I mean, Bitcoin will find everyone immediate, uh, eventually, right? Um, yeah. So that's what I'm kind of hoping. And, you know, I, I crossed to... Uh, communities with the homeschooling or unschooling or world schooling community as well. So I've done a few shows on that because I see the overlap. It's just so, you know, if you remove education from state, you're going to remove money from state and vice versa. Uh, So that's, that's been an interesting journey for me. And I'm just hoping that both communities um, pick up on the other one as, as quickly as possible. Uh, Now you've, you've built a team. We should shield the team that you've, you've built because uh, I, you know, a few of them might be listening. Well, let's talk about a couple of them. I'll talk about Danny. Fucking hell, Danny is a, a legend. Danny reached out to me around two years ago. He was like, mate, I think I can do a better job in your audio. Can I help you? And I was like, sure. Um, and he said, I'll pay you just to do one to prove it. I was like, no, I'll pay you, but let's just do one. He did it, and he's done every, every show since. And he's in Australia. He is from England, but he's in Australia. So he's on a different time zone. But it doesn't matter how late I am delivering the files, where I am in the world, what's going on. He has not missed a deadline. Like every show has got out because of him. He's incredibly consistent. He's also a a good confidant. Like most days when I wake up, it's early, late off, well, it's early evening for him. I go for a walk around the park. We do a call most days and we just chat, you know, what's going on with the show, what's worked, what hasn't. And we've had this relationship from day one. We can say anything to each other and you're not allowed to be offended. So I can say to him, look, didn't think the production was great here. Or you'll say, I didn't think you did a good interview here. And we talk about it a lot because a lot goes, I don't think some people realize what goes into an interview. I think they think you just press record and it's easy. And I'll say to anyone who thinks it's easy, just go and fucking do it. You know, you get so many complaints as well. Like, I don't, know, I don't know what people expect you to do with feedback. So I did the Zuby interview recently, and I, I had it split people. I had a bunch of people saying, that's the best interview you've ever done. Loved it. More of that. And then some other people saying, I hated that. Why are you getting Zuby on? Don't, don't, don't have him on again. Don't have him on again. And I'm like, what do you expect me to do? Like, Because you've said that. I'm not going to do it. Fuck off. Um, you get such split. But I, but I listen to everything Danny says. Uh, you know, I also, he also keeps an eye on me. I was like, you know, keep me grounded in terms of the work. You know, if I ever, you know, if I ever become a bit of a dick about it, you've got to let me know. And he's really good at that. He's like, you know, he's just, he's just brilliant. Uh, and I'm, I respect him so much and I'm really, really grateful for having him. And also we now have Ben Prentice on who a lot of people will know uh, from WTF happened in 1971.com fame. Uh, I met Ben a couple of years ago in Boston a bar and when i needed a full-time producer just to help me run the show he first person i thought of i said look dude do you want to come and work with me and he said yeah and again he's been brilliant i've gone from having uh i'm pretty disorganized and i've gone from having two shows to do a week going crap i haven't got one friday what am i going to do right need to book one for two like just all over the shop to we haven't got a slot available until june and june is starting to fill up 
you know, he is on top of this, booking the guests, scheduling it, and he publishes the shows. It, and it, it really frees me up to think about the interviews a bit more and you know, think about things I want to do. So I'm very fortunate. It's one, that's one of the liberating things about you know, the podcast doing well is having a team to make sure we can do better work. And I've also got an assistant now, which I've never had before, Emma, who's fucking amazing, who's totally got my shit together in life. She comes there every morning. She brings me a coffee, sorts my house out. Anything that's going on, I need booked. Yeah, any it like literally just does everything for me uh, and having all that has just really allowed me to focus on the craft of interviewing which by the way is a craft i don't know i don't know do you have you spent much time studying interviewing or do you just turn up every week and do it and what is what will be will be not yet it's something i'm definitely thinking about doing just watching a few youtube videos i'm sure there's lots of courses out there and stuff but for now you know this was a wing and a prayer i started a year ago People started coming on, started getting good feedbacks. People started listening. So just did more and more of the same. Uh, I, I've now come to realize that a year into this, that it's adding value to a lot of people. And, you know, it's probably time for me to up my game. So I've got to figure out better audio and I've got to figure out um, better equipment and I've got to figure out, you know, interviewing style. And I've got to figure out how to perhaps connect with with more and more people of um you know i do a lot of pleb episodes people love the pleb episodes and that's brilliant uh how can i mix that up now and, and get some more of the higher profile people profile people along uh so yeah what 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 do you recommend like interview style what did you did you read any books did you go down youtube videos what what was the um course you took no course but it's definitely a craft that's the thing i came to appreciate uh, and you know that because you can listen to bad interviews. Uh, I'm not going to call anyone out and say, am I? I mean, not, not within... <sighs> like, so for example, Tim Ferriss is hugely successful and he's got a very formulaic process to interviewing. I don't enjoy that, but I think for certain audiences, he's crafted that for a reason. You, you listen to that, you know what you're going to get from it. Doesn't work for me. I think Joe Rogan's the best in the business. Don't think he's perfect. It's not everything he does I like, but nobody's perfect. Everyone does good and bad interviews. What, what Joe's really good at is, which I've tried to do, which is trying to get guests who talk about complicated things to explain it in a way that anyone can understand. So he, does, he you, you listen to him, you'll go, well, what is that? Well, what does that mean? I don't understand. And he's not afraid to do that. And I'm not afraid. And, you know, I definitely studied. Yeah, Joe, but, but it went before that. But like studying the craft of interviewing was, for me was a bit like, look, if you're going to be good at anything, you've got to work at it, right? So if you want to be an athlete, you've got to train. If you want to be a boxer, you've got to train. If you want to be a writer, you've got to read and you've got to write and you've got to work on your craft. You want to, you want to make films. You know, there's a journey. If you go and watch most film directors, they go on an arc, right? You can watch their very first. Like, if you like someone like, I don't know, Darren Aronofsky, right? Incredible film director. You can see the arc of his journey. You can go all the way back to things like, I think, was it Pi, his first film? And um, then was it Requiem for a Dream he did? I'm trying to, have I got the right, and it, you know, and he's done amazing films such as Black Swan and Mother, blah, blah, blah. I think I've got the right guy there. Yeah, he's got an arc and then a journey. And I was like, oh, I've got to do that. And the first time I really prepped was it something like my. 12th interview when I interviewed Roger Veer because I knew it was going to be tough 
So I was just studying, how do you interview this certain character type? So I was like, how do you interview politicians? How do you structure and frame questions to get the kind of answers you want? And then after that, I've just, I went on a, a, a Bitcoin podcast hiatus for nearly 18 months where I refused to listen to any other Bitcoin or crypto podcast because uh, I was listening to them all. I'd listen to Tales from the Crypt, Stefan, like everything, every week. And what I realized I was doing, I was listening to their shows and getting influence on their shows for what I wanted to do on mine. I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. So I would only listen to non-Bitcoin podcasts just to try and see what other people do really well. I listen to a lot of Rogan. I, I, I'll happily say that. Uh, I listen to how he does ad reads because I think his ad reads are great. I listen to how he talks to guests. I watch out for the things I like and I don't like. Uh, and I try and include that in the way I do an interview. I, like, I'm not trying to not be me. You've you got to be you, right? I can't not be Pete. You can't not be Daniel. But just in terms of, you know, when do you interrupt somebody? What, you know, how do you frame certain questions? So I, I do consider it a craft. Larry King's got a really good book about this as well, which I recommend getting. Uh, I think it's around here somewhere. Is it here? Pretty sure it's around here somewhere. Larry King's book. But yeah, it's a craft. You've got to learn it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to put the work in, man. There you go. There you go, man. What's um, a question just popped into my head. You were just talking, you were riffing on... Um, God damn, you see? This is what I need to get better at, Pete. Um, pen and a pencil, pen and a pad, you, write it down. We did the shout outs, then we went down this 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 rabbit hole. Ah, yes, it was you talking about the ad reels. Uh, we, we kind of touched on it before we pressed record. How do you find the companies? Do they come to you or do you go out looking? What's How, how does that look? Because obviously this has progressed over time as well. Yeah, I don't have to go. They all come to me now. Um, I'm at that point where all my ads are sold out. I've got no inventory left and people are still asking for it. And it's a fortunate, really fortunate position to be in. Uh, but do you ever see my income reports? Yes. Yeah. That to me is marketing to potential sponsors. That's, that's yeah, one of the reasons I did it. Yeah, I wanted people to see the journey of the show. Basically, I did it from my first check. Uh, and I wanted them to see, because I talk about the work I'm doing, what I'm working on, what the impact is. So I wanted sponsors to see that and go, okay, that's something I want to get behind. That's what something I want to sponsor. I like the direction it's going. Uh, it's kind of hard work doing now because it's like a little bit cringy. It's like, oh, look what I've look at how much I've earned this month. You feel like a bit of a twat doing it now. But that to me was marketing to potential sponsors. Uh, and no, they all come to me now, and I'm very fortunate. All my ads are sold out. I'm in a slightly tricky position because I have six sponsors a show which i think is about the limit a three pre-roll three mid-roll i've just got a huge one who's come in who wants to sponsor and i'm like don't want to say no um uh, but it means going to a four three and i think that might be a bit annoying so i'm part tempted to give part of the sponsorship fee to brink to support bitcoin dev because i'm like yeah it's almost like look we're all in this together I'm pushing the limits of how much I expect my audience to accept. Therefore, because of that, I'm going to make a donation. I think that's a worthy, that, that's a fair trade-off. So that's something I'm thinking about at the moment. I know what you mean, because you, you don't feel as though you want to spoil the, like the listening experience for, for the listener. 
right? Uh, you don't want to hear, what does Joe Rogan have now? Like seven or eight minutes to, before each show? Uh, which well, is, done uh, now because he's on Spotify. He's done now because he's on Spotify. Right. Okay. So how do you, so I yeah, how minutes. do you... I, I have... I have six minutes of ads, and even if I go to this four three, it will stay six minutes of ads. The, the ads will just get tighter. Um, and so also, is that how you structure it? You, you you think for each show there will be a six minutes? Six minutes is the total time, and there'll be a certain amount at the beginning and a certain amount in the middle. Yeah, you basically get ten minutes of non-interview. So the your the intro is five to six minutes, of which three minutes is um, ads and a couple of minutes of me talking shit. Then you get a three-minute mid-roll of ads, and then you get your uh, end roll where I just say thanks and goodbye. And I think that's fine. That's enough. You get mild complaints. You know, some people whinge. I'm like, look, the content's free. You spend, you spend more time complaining than you can spend skipping it. You know, you can skip it. I can't stop you skipping it, whether you're on YouTube or whatever. So I, I always think, what the fuck are you complaining for? And it's free. It's free content. Like, you know, all you have to do is listen to some ads. So... Uh, it sometimes it's very easy to waste time, and I've done a lot of this because I'm an idiot. Uh, defending yourself against complainers, and they're the kind of people who complain about anything. You know, you've got too many ads. You've got the wrong sponsors. I don't like your voice. You're fat. Fuck off. Like just, <laughs> at some point, you just got to ignore all these people and just yeah, you because know, it doesn't scale. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, God knows what it's like for Pomp with his. He's closing down on a million followers. I mean. Even 150,000 followers, it's a ball ache with some of the stuff I have to deal with. So, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do about it, man. Another thing I'm pondering. Well, I know you try and answer every email. That just must be getting do completely out of hand. Yeah, I can tell you how many I've got this morning. Um, I do it every morning. It takes an hour to two hours. Again, that's got to the point where it's not scanning well. But you can see it. It's uh, one... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-four, no, twenty-three, twenty-four. I've got twenty-four in the last twenty-four. So I do it every morning. I've got twenty-four mm -hmm. in the last twenty-four hours. Yep, I do answer every one. Uh not everyone. It's, there's some shit I just ignore. I get so many like, can I have a link on your website? How much you charge for a link on your website? Can I have this guest on your show? And you know, I, I do reply. I say like, sorry, it's not for me, and you know, blah 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 on those ones. But but yeah, every email and I get a lot. And some <laughs> oh, it's so painful. Sometimes you get one, you look at it, and it's like your heart sinks because it's it's about two thousand words, and you're like, oh, that person's taken the time. Like they listen to your show and they've taken the time to write that. So. You know, I do read it and I want to read it and I do want to reply, but it's just like, oh, God, there's a lot to get through there. But yeah, I think that doesn't, that won't scale. There'll come a time where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so sorry. It's just too much, but I'm, I'm, I'm bearing with it now. What about those emails that just, you know, touch your heart because you've, you've clearly changed someone's life. Well, there's, a, there's loads of them, dude. Like every email is pretty much positive. Um, yeah, but there's so many. We're like, I've, I love your show, dude. Um, it's because of your show. I've got the conviction behind Bitcoin. I've now got life-changing money or I could send my kid to college or I can retire. You know, I get a lot of shit from the plebs 
you like fuck you, Pete. Stop supporting BlockFi. Stop supporting Scat. Like just relentless shit from the plebs. But at the same time, I'm like, well, <laughs> come on a second. I've the, my show has undoubtedly helped probably tens of thousands of people. Yeah, if you look at the downloads, I've gone over 10 million downloads now. So, like, how many individuals there? You know, probably individuals are in the hundreds, maybe a couple of hundred thousand people who've listened to at least one. And those who've directly got benefit from it, like maybe tens of thousands. Yeah. How many of them got wrecked on BlockFi or shitcoins for me? Zero, because I don't support shitcoins and I don't promote, you know, I don't tell, you know, BlockFi haven't screwed up. Um, and I'm like, I def, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I've earned my stripes. I've put the work in. I've, I've benefited from it. But I feel like, I've helped people. I know I have because the and we're talking. I guess some some days I get fifty emails. Some day, it's always at least twenty, twenty to fifty emails a week uh, a day. Do so you're talking? I don't know what's that. One hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty a week. Okay, so that's a month. That's six hundred to. A couple of thousand. There's plenty of people who don't write to me who probably listen to the show. Um, so sometimes I think, give me a break. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I, I saw you put a tweet out. It was probably a, a week or two ago. And um, it's something along the lines of maybe I've not paid enough attention to the plebs. And for that, I'm sorry. I, it was just a weird one for me. And I, I didn't understand. So I'd like to know what, what was that about? Well, I, so. I think the plebs are important, but I think there's two type of two types of pleb. I think there is the the kind of pleb who cares deeply about Bitcoin, deeply about people, who understand the importance of Bitcoin, understand the importance of Bitcoin, want to protect and want to protect people. And then I think there's the the kind of pleb who's become who is essentially what they claim to hate. They're a, almost a virtue signaling pleb. You want to virtue signal how tough and hard they are by spending all day on Twitter telling people to go fuck themselves and eat shit and you're a fucking moron and yell at people. And I think that's a virtue signaling pleb because that becomes more about saying, no, look, look at me, how angry I am. And they hate virtue signaling. It's almost like its own version of woke. <laughs> it's like this unwoke woke. Uh, and the problem I have with it, because I put out another tweet to do with groupthink. Like sometimes I get sucked into groupthink and think, no, the most important thing I can do is not. The most important thing I can do in my interviews is not be in the Bitcoin groupthink and keep poking ideas. You know, keep poking. Is Bitcoin really good for society? Do we really want to be anarchists? Do we really want the downfall of the government? You know, does tax actually have a purpose? Like the most important thing I can do is keep poking those ideas because it helps people think rather than sit there every week just cheerleading and going, yeah, it's great. Let's destroy the government. Let's, yeah. I, so sometimes I get stuck in the group thing and I have to prize myself out of it and go, I'm not going to do that. You know, and sometimes the questions I ask might th sound like I support an idea and I don't. And sometimes I ask questions I know the answer to because the most important thing is the answer, not the question the important thing is the answer what people take from the answer some people focus too much on the question but i've definitely clashed with the plebs but not all of them but there are a certain group out there i call they are virtue signaling in plebs and i don't think they understand the impact of what their attitude can do to someone's day like you could it's, it's 
you know, you get you might get called a snowflake or a cuck if you like show some kind of emotional response to it. Say, look, this is affecting me. But I don't think those people know what it's like to have the internet come after you. I've had it a few times, and I've brought it on myself, right? But when you have one of those days where the internet comes after you, and you're getting hundreds of messages like, "You're a cuck," "You're a status," "You're fat," "You're," it's just a bit shit. You know, you can. It doesn't matter how good your day was; it can ruin your day. Like, I, I don't want to be. I, I would love to be a slim, toned man to get called fat over and over again all the time it's it, it, it's a bit much sometimes right uh and it can ruin your day and so i i appreciate some of the plebs some of them i think are fucking morons just horrible people like they've obviously got a shit life they've got nothing going on and all they want to do is go online and yell at people they don't want to help. They want to yell. And then they go, oh, but we're toxic to protect Bitcoin. Look, Bitcoin survived a lot of shit before we had a pleb army, you know, and it survived because of coders or, you know, strong, firm, toxic people like Giacomo Zucco or John Corvallo who just wouldn't have shit. It didn't survive because of a few morons went around on the internet yelling abuse at people. It just didn't. Um, and this this badge of honor of abusing people i don't agree with it i think you can defend bitcoin in a firm even toxic way without abusing people and some of these people are abusive but i think it's a reflection on them more than anything else they're just fucking degenerate morons uh, and i it's a shame more people look i'll probably you're gonna put this out someone's gonna hear it and i go oh fuck people call out but i just think it's a shame that people can't more people don't separate the two because i think some plebs give other plebs a bad name So I might get some backlash for that. Nothing you're not accustomed to, mate. I would imagine no, you've you, you've managed to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to ask what what's the? I've missed this whole meme with wearing the white t-shirt and looking like Nick Carter with a pair of glasses on and um, the, the the jacket over this Jessica thing. What what's that? Because I have, I I've, it's completely sailed me by. But I'm getting tweets. Like Princey, when are you doing yours? I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, Nick Nick Carter's been running uh, Twitter as his uh, as his Tinder profile. Really, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. What a legend, man! I fucking love Nick Carter. He is <laughs> one of the smartest people I know. I could talk to him for hours. I love the way he uh, goes deep on Bitcoin ideas. He is talented on so many fronts that we're learning more about now. He's a good-looking fella. I think Jessica needs to date him. Uh, I, I think she's punching if she does, but I think she needs to date him. I think. But anyway, so I, me just being a troll, yeah, he had that picture of his jacket. I just did the same. I just went out of the garden, did the same, posted it up, and everyone started doing it. It's funny as fuck, man. But I love Nick Carter. But who is Jessica? I still don't get it. She's a play, Playboy model, or ex-Playboy model. Oh, right. Born. She came to Twitter, didn't she, a couple of weeks ago? And right, I see, I see, I see. Okay, right. Now I get it. <laughs> do it, man. Mate, are you getting across to Miami? What do you think? Yeah, I'll be there. If I have to go to uh, Antigua for two weeks first, I will go to Antigua for two weeks first. But I will be in Miami. I don't 
give a fuck. I'm going to get there somehow. Well, I'm emceeing it, so I need to be there. No way. So Antigua, that doesn't sound too bad, but that's the idea, is it? You've got to be somewhere a couple of weeks beforehand. If they don't change the travel rules, I think they might change the travel rules beforehand, but if they don't change the travel rules, I've got to go somewhere for two weeks first. That isn't on their band list, and I think Antigua is one that's fine. Um, it sounds great, but it's not. It's fucking irritating. I just, mm-hmm. I would much rather just fly to Miami or back. Are you going to try and figure out how you get in there, or is it too much? We all want to go, all six of us. Uh, you know, tickets wow. are in hand. So, want to go, want to have the whole family Damn. there. Damn. But now like you, but like you, if you've, if we've got to spend, that means leaving here mid May sometime. Um, and, you know, that, it, accommodation and such it's it's not cheap no six I mean, six like, bums on a seat and a plane yeah yeah accommodation an extra that, two weeks that's a 10 grand trip easy it's a lot of sets yep a lot of sets so we'll see i'm hoping like you that come mid-may the u.s will lift travel restrictions on on uh, yeah. eu and the uk i think i think well i don't i think it'll be certain countries because I still think in the e- even in the EU, there's certain countries that you'll be like, yeah, that's fine. And there's certain countries going to be like, no, fuck that. They're plagued with COVID. We're not doing that. I think the UK will be fine because they've crushed their vaccine program. Like, forget the debate on vaccines, good or bad. They've crushed the vaccine program. So if you believe in a vaccine program, which every government does, um, and the US government will look at the UK's. I mean, we've, we've vaccinated over half the country now. Yeah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. That would that would just open up a, a, whole, a whole hell of a. I know, load. another kind of uh, another can of worms. You status quo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate. If you had one orange pill left to give, who would you give it to, and why? Oh, good question. Fuck, I wasn't ready for that. If I had one orange pill left, who would I give it to? President G. Let's get a billion Chinese onto Bitcoin. Let's uh, dismantle the authoritarian Chinese state. Let's free the Uyghurs and let's get Bitcoin in China in the right way. Love it, mate. That is a brilliant answer. Well, we've covered a lot. Uh, Is there anything that you wanted to touch on before uh, before we wrap this up? No, dude, just to say, keep crushing it. Love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. It's been uh, a real pleasure watching you build your podcast from afar. I think you're doing an amazing job. Just keep doing it. And uh, it's always an honor to be invited on your show. And uh, we will sit down and have a nice bottle of Bordeaux at some point. Well, if if not here in France, hopefully we get to meet uh, in Miami. If we can make it over, that would be brilliant. And uh, look forward to... uh, Actually, meeting a lot of a lot of these uh, other podcasters, plebs, whoever, in real life one day. All right, man. Well, listen, anything you ever need, you know. Cheers, Pete. Have a great day, man. Thank you. And you, man. Ciao. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to that edition with Peter. And uh, please reach out on uh, on Twitter and uh, enjoy. And join in the banter with all of the um, all of the Twitter plebs and.
podcasters and content creators and uh, you know authors, whoever's on there, talking about Bitcoin because it's so important. And like you know, to, to Pete's point, how many people has he helped across the line and start even questioning the current financial system and learning more and more about Bitcoin? I know I benefited greatly from his shows when I started tuning in and listening to that and. I'd already been in the Bitcoin space for many years at that point, but like it helps so much with conviction when you start listening to the guests that he brings on and look at what he's created. It's awesome. It's uh, it's so great for the space and uh, an inspiration for podcasters that are coming in behind him. Um, so if you are considering starting a podcast, reach out to Peter, reach out to myself, reach out to Stefan, reach out to... Some of the newer guys that are doing it, Cedric's put together a great uh, podcast, Cedric, Cedric Youngwoman. Reach out to the Toxic Happy Hour guys. Maybe you want to start doing a uh, like a YouTube style show. You know, everybody is so receptive. We just want to help anyone start spreading this message. And I hope this episode went some way towards helping you understand that. Anyway, Pete. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for sharing everything as you are always so open to do. And thanks for everything that you've done in the Bitcoin space. We did not touch on the court case that he's still going through because he's unable to talk about it, but he's still fighting that fight against uh, a certain interloper. So best of luck, mate. Fingers crossed. And um, let's hope we all get to meet in Miami. Fingers crossed for that one, guys. Before I sign off, make sure you visit the site, once-bitten.com. You can go there, check out the sponsors page. You'll find CoinFloor. You'll find Swan. You will find Shift Crypto. You will find Relay. And you'll find some unofficial shills as well for companies doing great work in this space. And you can also find my book or just go and find it on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon, choose Life, Daniel Prince, you'll get hit up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate everything you do to help support the show. Take care, and I look forward to the next one.